On the show today, the Washington Post claims that Apple's privacy labels aren't quite accurate. Hospitals are suffering from a new wave of attacks, including ransomware. Apple wants to revolutionize your charging cable. Our scam of the day offers a new business proposition. And today's tip shows you five ways that a USB flash drive can be a threat to your security. All of that and more is coming up on the February 8th, 2021 edition of Cybersecurity Made Personal. Helping you stay safe in a connected world. This is Cybersecurity Made Personal. Hello and welcome to the Cybersecurity Made Personal Podcast, the safest podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Jim Herman. I have four stories on the news beat for you today. We begin with some privacy news. Last year, Apple introduced new privacy labels, which were intended to simplify people's understanding of what apps do with your data. However, a Washington Post study concluded that these new privacy labels may not be quite so trustworthy. Of approximately two dozen randomly selected apps that the Washington Post checked, more than one dozen were misleading or inaccurate. One app even received the highest possible privacy rating, yet it transmitted a substantial amount of data about you to Facebook. Some of the apps modified their labels after being notified by the Post, but others still have the inaccurate information. Surprisingly, the labels carry the disclaimer that the information has not been verified by Apple. App developers appear to be free to put whatever they wish on the label, and the information may not reflect what the app actually does. In my opinion, This is very strange for a company that has taken the approach of approving every app and every update for malware. I still believe these privacy labels are a good step on the road to true privacy, but based on Apple's history, I would have expected them to spend at least some time investigating the claims of the app developers. Hopefully, they will make some changes to this process to make these privacy labels more accurate. Moving on to the medical world, multiple intelligence agencies around the world are warning that cyber criminals are increasing their attacks on healthcare systems. Many suspect that the attacks are aimed at stealing data related to the COVID 19 vaccine. This blitz in the healthcare industry comes as it struggled to deal with the effects of the pandemic, both in terms of the human cost and as many in hospital administration have been forced into working remotely. Hospitals and other healthcare facilities have had to face increased threats of ransomware, financial scams, and data breaches. According to data from the Department of Health and Human Services, over 1 million people were affected by healthcare data breaches in 10 of the 12 months last year, 
with a total of 28 million people affected in some manner. In the state of Texas, officials are embarrassed after an Amber Alert was sent out warning residents to be on the lookout for the horrid movie doll, Chucky. The warning was also accompanied by a description and a snapshot of his supposed victim, a spooky-looking fictional character named Glenn. In a statement, the Texas Department of Public Safety explained that the alert was a test that was running on a development server, but was accidentally sent out as a live alert instead. So a reminder out there to all the people working in the field of technology, always make sure that you're working in the right environment, either development or production. And finally, Apple appears to be looking for a way to deal with the problem of frayed phone chargers. A patent filed by the company describes a new way for maintaining the convenience of a highly flexible cable while avoiding the damage that can often occur near the end. According to the filing, the cable will have varying levels of stiffness, which will reduce the strain that occurs at the end of the cable. While a patent certainly doesn't guarantee that any changes will ever come out of Cupertino, it does indicate that frayed cables are a problem Apple is taking under serious consideration. Maybe next, they'll begin working on a cable that cats can't chew on. And now we move on to our scam of the day. Today's scam was somewhat of a disappointment, honestly. Think of it like a firework that you're thinking is going to be great as it goes up, only to watch it fizzle out as a dud later on. The initial email read, Attention, we are investors with high profile in the Gulf, and we are willing to fund your company in any current project. Fund a project investment of your interest or your clients. We are seeking means of expanding our investment portfolio. Should you be interested in engaging us for a more detailed discussion on the proposal, we would be happy to hear from you. Yours sincerely, Dr. Nabi Kadi, CFO, Forest Worth Investments Company. Website, www.forestworth.com. Now I thought this one would be a fun one to reply to, so I made up a fictional company and responded with the following message. Dear Dr. Cotty, thank you for reaching out. I am currently self-employed as a business coach who helps aspiring entrepreneurs find funding for their projects. I am sure some of my clients would be very interested in working with you. Looking forward to your reply, Quinton Langdon, CEO, Langdon Business Associates. Once I sent that reply, I was somewhat excited about the possibilities of where this scam could go. Unfortunately, it fizzled out and I never heard back from anyone. I suspect they were probably running an advance fee scam where they would ask for payment before they would consider a request for funding. But I must have been too late. I didn't see this one in my spam folder for a few weeks, and they must have stopped checking that email address during that time. If you encounter a scam you think we'd like to talk about on the show, you can send it to us at scam at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com. 
And now it's time for our cybersecurity pop quiz. Each episode, I'll ask you a question in the field of online security or privacy, and it's your job to figure out the right answer. Today's question is a multiple choice question. The question is, which of the following activities are safe to do while using public Wi-Fi? A, accessing online banking, B, shopping on Amazon, C, conducting a Google search, or D, logging into your Twitter account. The correct answer will be revealed in next week's episode. But if you want to know it right away, you can go to cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash popquiz to find out if you're right. Plus, if you submit your guess on the website, regardless of whether you're right or wrong, you can be entered to win a $25 Amazon gift card when we conclude Season 2 in February. But your guess to this question must be submitted before the next episode is released at 8 a.m. on Monday, February 15th. For official rules, visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash quiz rules. Last week's question was a true or false question. The question was, if you turn off the GPS function on your phone, no one will be able to use your phone to trace your location. True or false? The correct answer is false. Even if you turn off location settings on your phone, there are still ways that your location could be tracked. For example, your phone is still connecting to cell phone towers as you travel. While that data won't be quite as accurate as GPS data, it still gives a very close approximation of where you've been. So while turning off location data tracking will stop some location information from getting out, it won't stop it all. Flash drives have been wonderful little devices. Before cloud storage and internet access became pervasive, they were the easiest way to move files between your devices. However, they're still popular today, but if not handled properly, they can be a threat to your security. We'll discuss five ways that a USB flash drive can be a threat when we come back from this short break. If you have a cybersecurity question you'd like to know the answer to, you don't have to wait for an episode about it. We want to hear from you, whether it's a question you have or a comment you want to leave us about the show. You can reach us by email at info at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com or you can leave a voicemail at 859-968-9399, option 2. We'd love to hear your feedback or your questions, and we will definitely consider them when we discuss future topics or changes to the show. Plus, if we select a topic based on your message, we'll be sure to recognize you in that episode. Once again, that's info at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com or 859-968-9399, option 2. 
Do you remember floppy disks? I remember my first computer, which my parents bought when I was probably five or six years old. It had two different types of floppy disk drives. The small three and a half inch disks that were hard, and the larger black five and a quarter inch disks that were actually floppy. I don't remember how much data the five and a quarter inch disks would hold, but I do remember the three and a half inch disks held a whopping 1.44 megabytes of data. For reference, you would need 18 of those to hold a typical episode of this podcast. And if you maxed out the storage on a 32 gigabyte cell phone, you would need 22,756 floppies to hold it all. Fortunately, the amount of data that we can store has increased just like the amount of data that we need to store. We went from the floppy disk to the zip disk that was a bit bigger than a floppy, but could hold lots more data. Then the birth of rewritable CDs and DVDs led people to start burning their files to disks. And next came two forms of media that still exist today, the flash drive and the SD card. Both of these forms of media arose around the year 2000. However, they have both seen widespread adoption for different purposes. Flash drives tend to be used more often for computers, while SD cards tend to be used in cameras, camcorders, and other visual or audio media. With the rise of cloud storage, flash drives have seen reduced use over time, but that doesn't mean they're going away anytime soon. Both flash drives and SD cards are still common, but they also carry some security risk. Flash drives are a much more common vector of attack, but all of the items we're going to discuss in today's show could also be conducted with an SD card. So going forward, as we discuss the ways that a flash drive could be a threat, Remember that each of these items could apply to SD cards as well. So with that out of the way, let's move on to the five ways that a USB flash drive can be a threat and how you can mitigate those threats. While the storage capacity of flash drives has continued to increase, their physical size has gotten smaller and smaller. That makes the first threat more likely. The small size of a flash drive makes it very easy to accidentally misplace it. And if that flash drive contains the only copy of your important data, you could find yourself in a difficult place if you lose that drive. It wouldn't quite be the cat ate my homework or my hard drive crashed the night before my paper was due, but it does bring the same result. You should always have multiple copies of your data, and that includes the data that you're keeping on your flash drive. I've lost flash drives, I've had them stop working, and I even had one that snapped into multiple pieces while I was in a rush taking it out. Back up your data so you don't risk losing it if you lose your flash drive. However, the loss of your data isn't the only concern you should have regarding losing your flash drive. It's also possible that your flash drive could be found by someone when you lose it. And while that does increase the chance that you'll see it again, 
it also greatly increases the chance that your drive ends up in the hands of the wrong person. If that happens, it's certainly possible that whoever locates the drive will plug it into their computer. They could be doing it to find information about you so that they can try to return the drive, but they could also be attempting to snoop through your files to see if there's anything of value on it. If you have data that you don't want to fall into the wrong hands, then don't put it on a flash drive. And if you absolutely must use a flash drive to transport or share that data, then you should encrypt the data before you store it on the drive. That way, if the drive does end up in someone else's possession, the files are useless without the key to decrypt them. But the problems with a lost flash drive don't just extend to losing a drive that you own. The third threat that you could face from a flash drive happens when you find one. As I mentioned earlier, the tendency when you find a flash drive is to plug it in so you can try to find the owner. You wouldn't be the only one who would consider doing that. A recent study showed that approximately half of the people who find a flash drive plug it in to try to find the owner. But that is a dangerous thing to do. You should never plug in a flash drive if you don't know its contents. A malicious program on the flash drive could be set to run automatically the moment that you plug it in. And this isn't just a problem when you find a flash drive. It could also become an issue if someone gives a drive to you. I once encountered a situation where people at a company were unable to print files because of malware on the computer. And the malware spread because when people realized they couldn't print, their tendency was to copy the file onto a flash drive and take it to another computer to try printing from there. When the malware saw the flash drive plugged in, it copied itself onto the drive and then installed itself on the new computer when the drive was plugged in. So if you find a flash drive, don't plug it in. You can post a picture about it in local groups on social media, or you could drop it off at the local police station. But keep the drive away from your own devices. And be careful about plugging in drives from other people as well. Even if you trust that person, you don't know if you can trust that device. However, the threats to your information don't just come from accidentally losing a USB flash drive. Your information could also be compromised when you intentionally give your drive away. This could happen when you give the drive to someone else, or it could happen when the drive has reached the end of its life and you're ready to throw it away. If you stored personal information on that drive and then later deleted it, it may still be possible to recover that information. When you delete a file, your information isn't actually removed from the drive. The only change that happens is that section of the hard drive is now marked as available. The actual data that comprised your file is still present on the device until it's written over. On the good side, that means if you accidentally deleted a file and then emptied it from the recycle bin, it may still be recoverable. The sooner you realize it, 
the greater the chance that the area where your file was stored hasn't already been used. You can use software that will read those areas and attempt to recover files. However, be careful. You don't want to download and install the program directly onto your computer because saving and installing that file could overwrite the data from the file you're trying to recover. However, you can probably see the bad side of this as it relates to flash drives. If you can recover a deleted file from your flash drive, that means it will also be possible for someone else to recover it as well. If you regularly work with sensitive information, you could certainly have someone snoop through your trash looking for important data, such as a discarded flash drive. So before you give a flash drive to someone else or toss it in the trash, make sure any sensitive data is actually removed from it. You can download a program that will write over every section of the drive with random data. And depending on how sensitive that data is, you may want to do it more than once. Although it's expensive and time-consuming to do, some advanced equipment can recover data even after it's been written over. And finally, your data could also be compromised through a USB swap. The premise of this threat is very simple. There's a limited number of unique designs for flash drives, so it's not a challenge to find a USB drive that looks identical to yours. Someone buys an identical-looking drive and then swaps it out for your own. Depending on how frequently you use the drive, it could be days before you even realize that the drive was swapped. And it's even possible that the person could put the drive back once it's been copied, meaning you'd never know that someone else obtained a copy of your data unless you tried to use the drive during that time that they had it. And of course, be careful that you don't accidentally switch flash drives with someone else as well. That does happen, especially in work environments where the IT department may issue identical flash drives to everyone in the company. So while USB flash drives are very convenient, the convenience also increases the risk. You need to keep backups of everything you store on them so you don't lose the only copy of your data. You need to be careful what you store so you don't let sensitive information fall into the wrong hands if you lose your drive. You need to be careful to not use the devices of others so you don't accidentally allow malware onto your computer. You need to take precautions when you give it to others or discard it so that deleted information can't be recovered from your drive. And you need to keep your drives in a safe place so they can't be swapped out or accidentally switched. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening, and come back again next week, where our tip will discuss how to identify and avoid tax-related scams. So until next time, stay safe. Thanks again for joining us for the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast. Check out the show notes page linked in the description for links to the articles mentioned, more information about today's tip, and a transcription of this episode. 
If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would consider visiting our welcome page at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash welcome. There, you can find more information about the show and links to some of our most popular episodes. Cybersecurity Made Personal is provided for educational purposes only. Don't take any action on your computer unless you fully understand what you are doing and the possible consequences. Visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash disclaimer for more information. Cybersecurity Made Personal is a production of Personal Cybersecurity, LLC. I'm Jim Herman. Thanks for listening and stay safe.